You're listening to a podcast from Catalyst Vineyard Church, Aberdeen. You can find out more about our church, as well as more talks on our website, catalyst.vin. Good morning. Good morning. It's fantastic to be here and... um, a big welcome to the people in this room, but also we're being joined by, by our entire church uh, online uh, through, the, through the camera. And so a massive hello to the people in Merns and Stonehaven and North and Inverurie and Ellen and Peterhead and online as well. Big, let's all give them a cheer and a hello. Hey guys. Fantastic to have you with us. Today is our annual vision day, which is a really kind of a big punctuation moment in the life of our, of our church. It's an opportunity to celebrate everything that God's been doing in our midst and uh, also to look ahead uh, at what, what we sense the Lord speaking to us about the year ahead. And um, just to let you know, if you're visiting in one of our sites or, or here Um, It's very different this week from normal weeks. And so normally what we would do at this point is open up the scriptures together, wrestle with a passage of scripture for perhaps half an hour or so, uh, and and then pray for each other. Well, uh, it's just going to be different. We are going to open up some scripture, but um, it's it's really kind of a family business day in, in many ways. And so if you want some really great Bible teaching, come back next week. Uh, is what I'm really saying. But we are going to just frame our time together with a couple of verses that have been beating me up in my personal devotions over the last few weeks from Acts chapter 13, starting at verse 36. Uh, It's going to come up on the screen as well. It's these verses here. Uh, Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. And uh, I just have a couple of quick comments to draw out of that, just to kind of frame our time together. Uh, And the first thing is really a perspective. What Paul is saying in this little sermon to uh, the people in Pisidian Antioch is this. You know, David, great king, he died. Jesus, even better king, still alive and at work. And uh, what what we're going to be hearing this morning is masses and masses of ways, uh, not a million ways, but nearly a million ways, that Jesus has been alive and at work in the midst of all of our different expressions and outreach and everything that we've been doing. Jesus is alive and at work. That's the first thing. It's a perspective. The second thing is really an invitation. Uh, And what Paul is saying is, he's saying, David, when David was alive... God had purposes for him to complete. And, and similarly, we're alive today and God has purposes for us to complete. Uh, purposes individually for each one of us to complete and also purposes for us as a church to complete. And, uh, and you know, oh that it would be said of us, Catalyst Vineyard served the purposes of God in their generation and then they were promoted to glory. And so that's really the heart of it. And I'll come back to that later on, the sense of invitation into God's purposes in our day. So what I propose to do this morning is to just kind of take us through our vision 
uh, and to celebrate all the different things that God's been doing. Lots of people who've been involved in things over the course of the last year have written me a little report, and then I've collated all those reports together, and I've just cried my way through reading them, and we'll see whether I get through this morning without crying too. But it's just remarkable what God's been doing, so I'm going to do that, and then we're going to worship, we're going to celebrate everything that he's been doing, and then I'll come back and I'll talk about the money, and we want to be really transparent in this church about the money and where it's come from and where it's gone, uh, and then we're going to talk about the year ahead. So that's pretty much the plan. Let me just say, by the way, if, if, if I don't get round to mentioning the one thing that you're most passionate about in the whole world that you give hours and hours every week to, I'm super sorry. Like, I, you know, I'm going to try and include as much as I can. It's going to take a long time to do even that, and so please forgive me and ex- extend your grace to me. So, for the last 15 years, actually, we've had a vision statement. Somebody told me once, you've got to write a vision statement in one sentence. And so I wrote the world's longest sentence that only I can ever remember and not every day. Um, but it's, it's going to come up on the screen now. God is calling us as Catalyst Vineyard to be a growing, worshipping community of Jesus followers, passionate about being and speaking good news to the world. And so what I want to do is to break that down into, into its constituent parts, because uh, we use that really to kind of, it's like a target. It's like, this is where we're going. This is how we want to deploy all of our energy and our money. But it's also a measuring stick by which we say, well, how is it going? You know, how, how's business uh, according to our vision? And so let's just break it down. First of all, God is calling us to be a growing church. Not because we care the slightest bit about growing in influence or reputation. It's because we care about people. And we want to reach as many people as we possibly can with the good news of Jesus. And we, we want to see as many people as possible joining the family and with us in all of eternity. And actually, there are many, many ways in which uh, our church has grown really significantly. This is a season of significant growth in the life of our church, especially since covid One example would be Open Doors, which is a brand new ministry that started this year in many of the sites. Uh, It's just uh, an opportunity to provide a warm space for uh, people from the local community to come and to share what's going on with them. uh, And then we can maybe help them in whatever way we can or signpost them towards the help that they really need. And about this time last year, Open Doors started in the Peterhead site. They, They opened the doors and four people came and they were thrilled. Uh, and, and, th- and now there are 25 to 30 people coming to that open doors in Peterhead every week. And, and that story is absolutely typical. There are five sites now that are running open doors. There are two more to come. And uh, so far, 351 different people have come to open doors and, and have been helped in all kinds of different ways. A significant number of those people have joined our church. A number of them have come to faith. And it's one of the most fruitful things that we've ever done. Uh, Another example would be the growth in the Christmas carol services. We've just celebrated Christmas, which is the right time of year to do that. And we've had the biggest Christmas carol services that we've ever had. So, for example, 175 people in Stonehaven, 225 people in Inverurie, 180 people in Mearns. And so we believe that something like 2,300 people came to one of our Christmas carol services in one of the sites. Uh, Many of those people not usually coming to any church and, and uh, a whole bunch of you have since joined our church. And, and if that's you, you're super, super welcome. 
And so people join our church. As they do that, they fill in a count me in card to say, uh, you know, count me in. This is my place. These are my people. I want to I be considered to be part of the, the membership of this church. And um, in the last 12 months, we, uh, 181 adults and 61 children have joined our church, which is an extraordinary thing. And in fact, we think it's the highest number of people joining our church in the history of our church. Uh, which is wonderful. And so we believe as of today that there are 1,374 men, women, and children who call Catalyst Vineyard their spiritual home. So by God's grace, we are a growing church. Secondly, we're a worshipping church. And we are so grateful to all of the worship leaders and team who serve us so brilliantly every week. You're often the first people to get here or there uh, on a Sunday morning, the last people to leave. You spend hours and hours honing your craft in the private and hidden spaces, and then you get to lead us in public worship every week. And we now have 35 worship leaders across the church. Uh, Andrew Reed, our worship pastor, who's doing a brilliant job, uh, he tells us that Actually, there are more young people involved in our worship than ever before. And in total, 82 people are serving in one worship band or another, playing some kind of instrument. And a further 60 people are serving in the tech teams. So there's 142 of you faithfully serving our worship every week. And there was a lovely story from the Stonehaven site. Uh, someone said, I used to struggle with worship and I prayed about it. A few weeks ago, during the last song, I had an awesome experience. I began to sob and shake and have never felt so close to God. It was kind of like deep sorrow instantly followed by pure joy and still sometimes makes me cry when I think about it. Ever since then, whenever we're worshipping in this church, I love it. My words don't do it justice. And I know that that story would be replicated many, many times over. So many of us have had significant encounters with the risen Jesus during our worship. And so we're so thankful for you uh, if you help with that. Community. The Lord is calling us to be a community and not a crowd. And it's a community that really cares for each other. And as a pastor, it's an absolute privilege to just look out over the church and see so often the church being the church, you know, and, and kind of caring for one another in the highest points of life and also the lowest points in life. One of the primary ways that our church expresses community is through connect groups. Uh, those are small groups of people meeting together often during the week in all kinds of locations to uh, worship together, to open their lives with one another, open their Bibles, open their hearts uh, and, and pray for each other. And uh, it turns out that this year, 30 of you stepped up to lead a new group. Uh, to jo kind of join the team of people leading groups uh, all over the city and the shire. And we're so grateful to you that a community is able to be expressed in your home or coffee shop or wherever it is because of what you're doing. It's a community that prays with one another. And prayer takes place in all kinds of different places. Uh, you, you know, before every service, uh, upper room, uh, intercessors groups, connect groups, all these kinds of things. And this year, Emma Gray from the Inverurie site, shout out to the Inverurie site, um, uh, she started a thing called Kingdom Come, which is a short prayer meeting 
uh, online on a Wednesday morning, 7 o'clock on Zoom. Some people call it the Wide Awake Club. And uh, they've been praying for everything. They've prayed for uh, every single ministry and outreach in our church. They've prayed for all kinds of things that are happening globally in terms of current affairs. The youngest participant, they tell me, has been 11 years old, uh, which is a challenge for some people, you know, maybe younger in the years ahead. And also, the oldest person has been too shy to tell us their age, but significantly older than that. It's a community that prays with one another, but also for one another. And we've seen some unbelievable answers to prayer over the last year. Again, so many stories, I don't have time to share them all. But in the Mern site, one man's daughter had experienced second-degree burns on her arms, and she had a skin graft scheduled for the following week. And so the site prayed for her uh, in a consistent and um, you know, passionate way. And when the hospital removed her bandages, it turned out that she needed just two plasters, and they cancelled the skin graft. That's amazing. You could clap that or cheer that or something like that. Um, in Ellen, in Ellen, someone had a really painful hip and had found a, a, a lump the size of a small marble, perfectly round like a cyst or something like that. And as she was prayed for, she felt that uh, cyst completely disappear. And the person praying, who was busy commanding it to shrink and disappear, felt it disappear uh, and felt it go. Uh, so we're called to be community. Uh, we're called to be Jesus followers. At the heart of what we do, is a desire to become close followers of Jesus, to be imitators of Jesus, to become more like Jesus and to do the things that Jesus did. And we are massively grateful for all the people who help our children to understand what it means to follow Jesus week by week. There are currently 123 of you who put on yellow t-shirts week by week and you're serving on average 140 children every week. The Catalyst Kids team are desperate to meet new families and to connect with children who don't know Jesus. And so, that, so we've been running family fun events, you know, Messy Mile, an Easter egg hunt, and also the Nativity Trail over the last year. They've connected with an extra 2,327 kids, as well as all of their families. And apparently at the Easter egg hunts, you gave away 17,383 chocolate eggs, which is a lot of chocolate. Hopefully they weren't all eaten by the same person. The youth team have been serving our young people in an equally diligent and beautiful way. And they tell me that they're seeing the most remarkable um, excitement amongst the young people in terms of praying for each other in particular and, and prayer ministry. Uh, a particular highlight was the weekend away where all the young people went away together and the youth leader said it was incredible which is exactly what you'd expect youth leaders to say, use words like incredible and amazing and exciting and all those kinds of things. But they were really a number of times on those uh, that weekend away when the Holy Spirit just hijacked their meetings. They were unable to continue with what they'd planned. Uh, the Holy Spirit just fell in the room and they ended up just praying for each other and, and all kinds of uh, lovely heavenly things happened as a result. There was an amazing story actually about a couple of young people who prayed for one of their youth leaders uh, several months ago. And, and uh, the youth leaders testified last week in the reports that from that moment, the youth leader was instantly healed of depression that they'd been living with for over a year. 
our young adults started a evening service in this room uh, and uh, it, it's kind of developed into this extraordinary, it's like a phenomenon really, where this room is absolutely packed full of young adults and, and teenagers and also people who are not in that age category who just want to get in on the action. It's open to everyone uh, and uh, it's just been one of the most remarkable spaces where, where, where God has really, really been meeting with people. And so if you haven't been on a Sunday night, I just really would recommend just come once just, it'll be a great use of an hour of your time. Totally worth traveling in from any of the sites for. It's just an amazing, amazing thing. We're passionate about being good news. We've been running the storehouse food bank in this church for more than 20 years. But the need has probably never been greater. And so it's been amazing to see how you as the church have brought week by week uh, offerings for the, the storehouse, you know, uh, non-perishable food items and so on. And uh, also masses of you have been involved in handing out that food in all of our locations. Um, in the last year, we served 1,503 individuals, including 299 children. <laughs> Better go. Uh, with 32 tons worth of food, and we gave away 76,528 meals to people who really, really needed it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> the Stonehaven site just recently, uh, well, about a year ago, started leasing the, the former uh, Stonehaven South building from the Church of Scotland. And just as a way of reaching people in the community and blessing them, they started a Lego club. Uh, they've had five sessions of the Lego Club so far, and they've reached 59 families, which is awesome. Uh, we have a, a debt center called the CAP Debt Center, and this year it worked with 25 new clients on top of the existing clients. So they have 43 current clients in total, and in the last year, 11 of their clients uh, were helped to become completely debt-free. That's amazing. So... That's now 42 individuals and households who've become debt-free during the life of that debt center, which is amazing. And thank you to everyone who helps with that. Um, uh, our parish nurse, Hazel, has, helped, has held 188 appointments with 70 different individuals this year, providing basic, basic medical care to people who wouldn't normally access uh, uh, health services in any other way. One of the amazing things that happens in our church that probably lots of people don't know about is our transform team work as community chaplains in the Grampian prison. And so they meet people in prison and they help them to make a plan for their release that doesn't involve anything from their previous life. Uh, and, um, and then they meet them at the prison gate and they, and they help support them to carry through the decisions and the choices that they've made and and over the last year they've worked with 42 clients in 396 sessions that's about 1600 hours of contact time and I'm sure that's made a massive difference to the kind of trajectory and the story of their lives and of course just to finish with um, our Monday night gateway service that's called Lifestyle, been running again for many, many years. It also is a phenomenon. And in the last year, 140 different people came to Lifestyle. They shared nearly 4,000 dinners and they've been served by 45 volunteers as they've eaten together and then worshipped together and heard from God's word. We're called to speak good news. 
And whilst we're absolutely passionate about, you know, reaching the needs of people in our community and being good news, we are especially committed to communicating the good news of Jesus to as many people as we possibly can and seeing them come to know Jesus for the first time. One of the ways that we see lots of people come to know Jesus is through the Alpha Course. And we've had the busiest and, uh, you know, some of the busiest and most exciting Alpha Courses that we've ever had. They held two big launch events for 184 guests, not including the more than 20 team that it took to help make those happen. And off the back of those launch events, they held 14 different Alpha Courses around the different sites. One of the Stonehaven guests did Alpha. They came to faith. They were prayed for because, uh, because they had a um, uh, coccyx injury that had held this guy in pain for over 15 years. And he was immediately healed. And then they had the privilege of baptizing him in the sea in the summer last year. A young woman from Inverurie went on a date and uh, she met this guy who was, uh, and it turned that their conversation was talking about God, and, and he had all kinds of questions about God. And so she said to him, oh, you should go on an Alpha course. And so he went on an Alpha course. He met Jesus. They were both baptized during the course of this year. They've now got engaged, and they're getting married in May. And we're seeing people come to faith not only in Alpha, but in all kinds of other places and spaces too. In the Aberdeen North site, a young man uh, led his friend to Jesus, and then his friend subsequently led his granddad to Jesus, and so the story is ongoing. In Ellen, two members of the church invited their friends to come, long-standing friends to come to church for their son's baptism. And they enjoyed it so much, they've hardly missed a week since, and they've both come to faith, and they're right at the heart of that Ellen site. A member of the Stonehaven site was asked to take a, uh, an assembly in a local primary school. And they said, yeah, I'd love to do that. So they took this assembly, and their neighbor had kids in the school. And so that kind of precipitated a conversation with the neighbor over the garden fence or whatever, and then that led to an invitation to come to church. And so this guy came to church, and he was given a Bible, and he loved it. He read the whole of Matthew's Gospel by Wednesday, and then he'd read all four Gospels by the following week. He came eight weeks in a row, and then on the eighth week, in the turny-roundy bit, he said to this one of the site pastors, I'm ready now, I want to become a Christian. And so he became a Christian there and then. It's amazing. And so uh, we've just seen the, uh, just a, a remarkable number of people coming to faith, and that's led to the highest number of baptisms that we've ever had. So more than 30 people have baptized in the life of our church during the last year. And so if the band could start to reappear in this site and in all the other sites too, so we have a vision, and the vision is to be a growing worshipping community of Jesus followers passionate about being and speaking good news to the world, and by God's grace, that is who we are. By God's presence and his spirit, he is alive and at work in our church, and he is doing all kinds of extraordinary things. Let me just say this, after we worship, I'm going to talk about the money, but it's really important that you understand that if you gave money to Catalyst Vineyard Church over the course of the last year in any of our sites or services or whether you did it online or in cash in the baskets, however you gave money, your money contributed to everything that you've just heard about. You know, you're not giving money into, into a black hole or into the, you know, the church roof fund or whatever it is. 
Your giving money to change lives. It's worth every penny. When you get to eternity, you'll be so glad that you did it. And so why don't we stand and we're going to worship, we're going to celebrate for a few moments before we carry on. Okay, let's do it. Give yourselves a week. Hello, welcome to Catalyst Online Community. Um, for those of you that are watching for the first time, a special welcome for you. Uh, we love all you regulars too, but a wee bit of extra love for those that are joining us for the first time. So while the room is going into a time of worship, um, we just wanted to take a minute to say hi um, and to um, connect with each other. We're going to have our own worship after Chuck has come back for the second half of his preach. Um, my name's Johnny. I'm the young adults pastor here at Catalyst. Um, and we are one church that meets in many places. We have eight different communities, um, seven across Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire, and one online, which is obviously where you have found us um, this morning. Um, if you want to find out more about our church, you can go to our website at catalyst.vin. Um, and you can also count yourselves in there. If you have been coming along a while and have decided that you want to connect with us and make this place your kind of spiritual home. You can fill in a form online called the Count Me In, um, and that just lets us know that you want to connect. As a church, um, we really recognize that connection is important. And so throughout all of our sites, online community as well, we have connect groups that run throughout the week. And really, if, if you are looking to get connected, that is, um, as well as filling in a Count Me In card, that is the next step um, for you. And the way that you would do that is to email Libby, who is our online pastor, um, and her email address is onlinepastor at catalyst.vin. Um, and then she can give you all the details for the Connect group, which meets on Zoom on a Tuesday. Um, we don't have any specific notices for you guys this morning. But as always, um, we'd love to encourage you to like and subscribe and to share our channel with your friends as well. Um, there might be people in your life who you know would really benefit um, from connecting and from um, yeah, hearing more about the vision of our church. We're going to go back into the room in a minute and hear Chuck um, share part two of um, his vision talk for this year. Um, we might need to wait a minute or two while he um, comes back as the room will still maybe be in worship. But just while we um, do that, while we wait, I'd love to encourage us to just take a moment and consider giving. Um, if what Chuck has been sharing this morning has really um, connected with you, obviously our church is part of so many wonderful things and we're seeing the kingdom of God advance in so many different ways. Um, and really, we wanted to create a chance this morning for us to put our money where our heart is. Um, and so if that's something that you would love to do, um, I'd encourage you just in this next time to go to give.catalyst.vin um, and you can give there. So why don't we do that as we go back into the room and wait for Chuck to speak again.
Okay, so now, uh, like I said, this is a, an absolutely connected part of the morning. We're going to talk about the financial provision of the church that enabled everything that you've just heard about. And the reason why we talk about the finances on a Sunday, which isn't what all churches do, is because we're just so desperate to be transparent in the way that we deal with this stuff. We want to be as open as we possibly can. Uh, and let me just say, like, Obviously, I'm going to have to kind of rattle through this, and we have a really limited time to talk about it. If you have particular questions about how the money is spent or what the income is or whatever it is, please get in touch because we would absolutely want to uh, just uh, put your mind at rest or answer any questions that you, that you have. Um, it's also important that you know that I'm not on commission. Uh, in fact, anyone who's in leadership in this church doesn't know who gives or how much people give. And so it's really anonymous between, between you and the Lord. And also just to note that the uh, uh, numbers that I'm going to show you in a moment are numbers for the financial year that finished on the 31st of August. And so that's how our financial year operates from the start of September to the end of August. Um, and, and, you know, there is a story to be told after that, which I'll maybe hint at, but, but that's kind of uh, the numbers that I'm going to report on. Before we talk about the regular income, let's look at the building projects, first of all. We have two big building projects happening uh, in uh, the Merns, former Merns Community Centre and also in the John Street building. And uh, you've been amazingly generous on those things. Can we just have the one with the um, numbers on it? Okay, so... Uh, the, the first thing to say is, you know, we had a, um, a, a teaching series called The Race Marked Out for Us, and we had a gift day at the end of that, which was in, in kind of like, depending on which site, June or Ju uh, July, and you gave amazingly generously to that, and so you gave about £288,000 towards those building projects. Um, even before we did that, a whole bunch of you had already given uh, in fact, one person had given £70,000 just after I mentioned on a Sunday that we'd acquired the John Street building. And so £104,000 was given before the gift days, and then 288000 was given after it. And so that, that amounts to nearly £400,000 of your generosity, which is amazing. And actually, that's up until the end of August, but some more came in uh, just immediately after that as well. And we're so grateful. That's enabled everything that we're doing. Those building projects are ongoing. We expect them to be finished around April time. Uh, let's just have those pictures up. So I don't know whether you can really see this, but uh, there's the, you know, the mother of all solar panel installations going on both of those two buildings, partly because we got huge uh, government grants for those solar panels. They're both going to have air source heating in them as well, so it's going to be super environmentally friendly. Uh, that's the John Street building, and then this is the Merns building. Again, this, is, this photo was taken before the solar panels, but the massive solar panels, they've opened up the space. Um, as you can imagine, as is always the case, there are unforeseen costs. You know, when they took a wall down in the John Street building, they found that actually behind it was like water flooding down the inside of the back wall. 
uh, and everything was rotten. And so we've spent thousands of pounds fixing something that you will never see because there's now a wall back up in front of it, which is just absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, but uh, I can't wait for you to see those buildings when they, when they open. Okay, let's come on to the regular income of the church. So over the course of the last year, Catalyst Vineyard, you gave £857,000 just regularly, week by week, in the offering, month by month. And that's an astonishing amount of money. Now, let me just say, it is an astonishing amount of money. And, you know, that's, we're a large church. That's a lot of people all giving generously and sacrificially. It's also maybe helpful to think of it as eight modest-sized local community churches uh, with a, you know, an average of 100 and something thousand pounds per, per one. And so it's like a huge amount of money. It's also just what we need. Uh, and then because the, of the gift aid scheme, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, through gritted teeth, wrote checks to the value of £167,000. There's also this other income number, which I never really know. I, it's like one of our staff sold a kidney. or, or um, <laughs> It's like rental income for different, you know, when we've rented out rooms and things like that. And so the total income was over a million pounds. Can we just celebrate that? It's just an absolutely astonishing, <laughs> astonishing thing. And then let's look at how we spent it. So, so first of all, we have a policy in our church that we set aside 15% of everything that comes in, and then we give that to projects that don't directly benefit ourselves. And so we gave £158,000 to mission over the course of the last year. That's... Um, you know, our friends who run an underground Bible school in China, that's uh, our crazy church planting friends, the Matthews in, in Sri Lanka, Albania, Kenya, Uganda, T Tanzania, and a whole bunch of other places that I've forgotten. Also, street pastors, Teen Challenge, our local vineyard family. So we've given away a huge amount of money, and it's made a massive difference uh, all over the place. Uh, building and site costs is the cost of running this building that we own and also the Peterhead building that we own and also hiring all the other venues that we use in the middle of the week as well as running all the vans that we use to get the kit around and about the place. Um, operational costs is like the cost of supporting 1,300 people doing ministry and mission in all kinds of different places. So that's, you know, our finance team and our uh, admin team and paying for the uh, audit fees and the you know uh, insurances and all these kinds of things so it's the shared cost of all of the sites doing mission and ministry in eight different locations um, then following on from that ministry that's employing all of our pastors as well as everything else that's involved with putting boots on the ground into local communities 338,000 pounds that also includes by the way we um, have a for a number of years now had a system whereby we give our pastors sabbaticals and so we every year we send a couple of our pastors on sabbatical this year our youth pastor Dave Hall went on sabbatical and also our Aberdeen North pastor Scott Robertson they had uh, a couple of months out and were given a small budget to go and pursue whatever it was that they felt they needed to do to be kind of rested and recuperated for the journey ahead I'm so glad that you guys and the trustees are the kind of people who would want that for our pastors, and that makes a huge difference to them. Uh, that's ministry. Let's come to the next slide. Church family life and worship is everything else. It's like out the Alpha course and, and preparing people for marriage and uh, our worship team and all those kinds of things, 69,000 pounds. 
and then £122,000 on kids, youth and young adults ministry. And so we spent nearly everything that came in. Uh, £1,023,000 is what we spent. And so when you put all of that together, let's have the next slide. Uh, here you go, yeah. So we began the year with £95,000 and then we added just over a million. We spent just over a million and so we carry forward to the net, or we carried forward on the thir- the first of September, one hundred and five thousand pounds. It's amazing. It's amazing. God has provided everything that we needed. Um, there is also another picture to share. Just want to be completely transparent. You, you know, the truth is that we are chipping away at that hundred and four thousand every month now, because. What's coming in is not covering our expenditure, and, and that's because of inflation and all these kinds of things. You'll remember I stood up in the summer and I said, hey, we need to see our regular income increase by about £12,000 a month plus gift aid. And there was a significant bounce, but where that's leveled out to is about six or £7,000 a month. And so that's why we're now chipping away at that at quite a scary rate. And so let me just say this. If you're one of the... Um, whatever it was, 181 new adults who joined our church this year and you haven't started to give yet or you've been part of our church for a while, you're not currently giving, can I just encourage you to add your gift to the gifts that everyone else brings and then we will more than cover what it is that God is asking us to do. And the way that you do that, as we say every um, week in this church, give.catalyst.vin or you can put the amount direct into our bank and the bank details are there they're also on the website you can go to the qr code Uh, just strongly encourage you and then this time next year you could be sitting there thinking yes i gave towards that i contributed and and some of my money money went to go and achieve all of those things okay and as we kind of i'm coming into land don't get too excited there's still some pages to go but We want to speak about our priorities for the year ahead because, like I said right at the start, David had purposes, you know, God's purposes for him to fulfill in his generation and we as a church have God's purposes to fulfill in our day. And and we've been praying, we've been speaking to the leaders and a whole bunch of other people in the church to say, Lord, what are you asking of us? In this season, and we feel like the Lord's given us three particular things to highlight to you that really are an invitation. Every single one of these priorities has an invitation. It's like, what is my invitation to get involved in this? And the first one is, is we want to be talking Jesus. You might remember we had Rachel Jordan Wolf come here in November. And she shared the results of a really groundbreaking survey that had been done of the general public in the UK and their attitudes towards Jesus and attitudes towards the church. And it was amazingly encouraging. For example, she said, one in three people want to know more about Jesus. One in three. And also, more than one in three people who've had a previous conversation about Jesus are open to an encounter with Jesus. And also, this, this one, she only mentioned in the evening, I think, but she said 76% of students would come to church if only they were invited. Just wrap your head around that. Three quarters of students on the university campus, the college campus, if only they were invited to come to church, they probably would. And there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in this region who don't know Jesus 
And yet her other statistic was, she said, 60% of us are not sharing our faith with the people we know. And we really want that to change. We, we just have a sense that, that the Lord is like really, I mean, obviously he's always called us to share our faith. But this is a particular emphasis for us. And so we are running a course called the Talking Jesus course in all of our sites, in all of our connect groups over the next term. And what we're asking is, talk about the invitation, what we're inviting you to consider is we want to see every single person who's a committed member of our church, we want to see everyone in a connect group, even if it's just for this one term, please will you join a connect group and go through this Talking Jesus course. It's a course that's been, been written by Rachel Jordan Wolf and her team. Uh, we've already trialed it with, in a couple of different groups. They've loved it. They found it really helpful. It's not in any way heavy. It's just a really accessible way to think through how I would become bolder and braver in the way that I share my faith. And so please will everyone join a connect group, even if it's just for this one term. The sign-ups are going to be next Sunday. And so we'll be talking about it again next Sunday. And then the website will go live and you can all sign up for groups. But we just need, in order to get everyone a group, we just need a handful more groups around the church. And so it may just be that you'd be willing to open up your home to host a group or willing to meet people in a coffee shop or whatever to host a group or open up Zoom or whatever it is. If you'd be willing to do that, you get a manual, you get all of the resources, all the videos. It's not hard to do. If you'd be willing to do that, please will you speak to your site pastor this week because we'll need to get you onto the website for next week. Okay. So we want to be talking Jesus. The second thing we, we really feel to, to share this morning is about passing it on. Another statistic that Rachel talked about was, she, she said, of all of the British Christians, half of them became Christians before the age of 11. Half of them. And in fact, three quarters of us came to faith before the age of 18. And so what that tells us is that the, the um, ministry that goes on in serving our children and our young people is in gospel terms the most important ministry that happens in our church. In terms of the fruitfulness of people coming to faith, the children's ministry and the youth ministry is the most important thing that happens. And the truth is that youth and children's ministry across our church right now is struggling. Just want to be really honest and, and candid about that. And it's not struggling because the leaders aren't full of vision and faith and anointing and so on, because they absolutely are. And, we're, you know, we're, we're not struggling because God isn't working in their midst, because he absolutely is. We're struggling because we just don't have enough people uh, helping. And that we don't have enough of us involved. All around the church, it's just a bit of a struggle to keep the show on the road. And, and we just really want to bring that to you as the church. And so we could change that overnight. You know, currently there are 53 gaps in our children's team. 53. And that would be just to make it like the ratios work and people are only having to do once a week and all these kinds of things. Some people are doing nearly every week because there just aren't enough people. And so 53 gaps. There's also 19 gaps for our youth team. And so we're making an invitation to the whole church today. Please would you pray and ask the Lord, Lord, am I supposed to fill one of those gaps? 
just once a month. You put on a yellow T-shirt or you go and help with the, the youth once a month. And you could be doing one of, something that in eternity you'll be like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that I did that. And in fact, we've just got a video now from Ross uh, from the North site who has got his story to share. So let's watch that video now. Hello, my name's Ross. I'm part of the North site and part of the kids team there. And uh, if you had asked me about a year ago if I would be on the kids team, I'd have said absolutely not. There is no way I'm going to spend my Sunday mornings looking after a room full of kids. And it was so bad that about 10 years ago when the North site launched, um, they had this amnesty day where um, on one Sunday morning everyone was going to fill out a disclosure form so that if they were ever short on team, anyone could step in and be part of the kids team and make sure that kids ministry went ahead. And it was a brilliant idea that I wanted to have no part of. And so I went and hid in the toilets for 20 minutes while everyone else filled out their disclosure forms to my absolute shame. And then roll forward um, nine years and to about a year ago and um, we started to notice like just little changes in uh, our kids' relationship with Jesus and their knowledge of the Bible and just the way they were speaking about God and, and stuff like that. And, um, and it was things that we weren't teaching them or leading them in and it was really precious and really special and we realised it had to be coming from like the investment of catalyst kids in the faith lives of our children um, and it was then that we were like oh just this is a really special thing this is like um, a really important thing that uh, our church is doing in terms of ministry and so knowing that they were a little bit short um, on team at North um, I offered to, to join and help out for a while thinking this is definitely not my bag, I am not going to enjoy this, it's going to feel like an act of service every time I do it. Uh, and lo and behold, it's become one of the most rewarding and life-giving things uh, I get to do um, at church. And I wouldn't change my Catless Kids Sunday mornings for the world now. Um, and like even on those mornings where it feels a little bit tougher, there's always something to be uh, inspired by, always something of the Kingdom of God happening, always something encouraging. Um, and always something to learn from our kids about um, how to love God and how to worship him. And so, yeah, it's ironic because a year ago you would not have caught me saying anything like that. So good. And so I think the point is, you know, lots of us would imagine I'm not the sort of person who would be good at that. I don't think I'd enjoy that. It's not really for me. And I would just say, please reconsider. You know, as long as you can get through a PVG check you know, uh, and uh, you've got some energy in your body, then it'll work and, it'll be, and they'll be super grateful for you. Uh, and so uh, we, there's a QR code. If you go to the QR code that's in all of our sites, um, if you go to the QR code and you, you can click on, I'm interested in uh, signing up for youth and kids. Um, you're, you're not saying I'm going to do it even. You're just saying I'm interested and then that takes you to a video for each one to explain what's involved and then you could perhaps have a conversation. And so we would just please ask you, just click on the link, have a look, see what you think, pray into it and then respond as you see appropriate. That's the second thing. And then the final thing is to do with planting churches. About eight years ago, a report came out uh, and they, they'd done a, a survey of the whole church in Scotland. And what they discovered was that for the previous 20 years, on average, 10 churches a month had closed. And, and as leaders in the church, we were just broken hearted. We would say, Lord, 
Like, what should be our response to the dramatic decline of the church in Scotland and in particular the closure of churches? And we uh, knew that God was calling us to just play our small part in writing a new future for the church in Scotland. And so we started to kind of commission and send out teams of people to other parts of Scotland to plant churches. I'm thrilled that, you know, the Assemblies of God and the Baptists and and the Elim Church and loads of others have, have, you know, they're all playing their part too. But there are now nine vineyard churches that didn't exist six and a half years ago. uh, And there's about 350 people gathering in those churches week by week to worship Jesus and to share their faith with others. It's an amazing thing that God has done. But the truth is that actually what's happening now is that churches are closing even faster than they were before. And there are still many, many places around Scotland where there isn't a church like ours and where there should be. And so we're asking everyone in our church to pray about that and to ask the Lord, Lord, what is my response supposed to be? You know, 77,000 people live in Paisley, for example. No vineyard church. Kilmarnock, Perth, Skye. Who's called to go to Skye? Shetland, Eyre, Oban. And so I could go on. And, and, and so um, it won't be for everyone, but it will be for some people. And maybe the Lord's calling you. And we just want to ask you to pray. Is the Lord calling you to plant a church or to participate in a team that plants a church, or to pray about this stuff, or to give financially towards this stuff. We want to see the game change and the gaps filled. Now, just before Christmas, there was an article in the news um, online saying that in Elgin, seven churches were being closed by the Church of Scotland immediately. And that served as confirmation to Jude and Archie McBean, who've been wondering for a while whether the Lord was calling them to plant a church. And so I, I, I went to the Inverurie site last week to announce that Jude and Archie McBean are handing over the leadership of the Inverurie site to go and move to Elgin with their kids to plant a brand new vineyard church in Elgin. It's massive news. It's very exciting, but it's also just really big news. Jude and Archie have been a critical core part of our church for more than 15 years. They're remarkable leaders. They've pioneered and led that site so beautifully, and they were previously the, the, the children's pastors in our church. They've given everything with such integrity and godliness and faithfulness And they're remarkable leaders, real visionaries, very creative, irrepressibly optimistic. And we'll miss them massively, but it's absolutely the right thing that they go. And we're really excited. It's it's not going to be one of our sites. It's going to be a vineyard church in its own right. They've um, gone through all the discernment processes with the vineyard, and they've started to get the training from the vineyard. And so this coming summer, they'll move house, uh, and they'll go and do that. And uh, that's a huge piece of news And also, you know, from the moment you kind of hear that, we were thinking, oh, no, like, Lord, who who have you got for the Inverurie site? You know, how is this going to work? And we knew that the Lord would have a plan. We just didn't know what it was. And we're thrilled to be able to say that Don and Abby Thomas are moving back from Greenock, where they've been planting the Inverclyde Vineyard for the last five years. They're handing that church over to new leaders, and they're coming back in the summer to become the site pastors of the Inverurie site, which we're thrilled about. And again, they're the highest caliber of leader 
they love the Bible, they love worship, they love serving the poor, uh, and so we, you know, we couldn't think of a higher caliber of people. We couldn't have hoped for anyone better to move back and start those, uh, leading that site. And so, as I said, we're asking the Lord, we're asking you to ask the Lord, like, what's my place in all of this? And we're hoping that some people from around the church will feel called to move with Jude and Archie to Elgin to start that adventure. And maybe you're here this morning and that's you. Uh, they're they're going to have a, a vision night soon that we'll publicize around the church so that you can go along and hear more about it. But those are really our three priorities for the journey ahead. Talking Jesus, we're inviting you. The invitation is, will you please join a group? And just go on that journey of sharing your faith with other people. Um, passing on our faith to the next generation. Let's not only serve ourselves, let's also serve our children. And then planting churches. What is my place? What is my role in the journey ahead? Let's pray and then I'll hand back to the site pastors in all of the sites. And so Lord, we, we, we turn our attention to the financial provision of our church. You have provided every penny that we have needed in the last year. We are so grateful to you. It's like manna from heaven. And Lord, we want to ask you to continue to provide for our needs. Please, God. By your spirit, would you cause each one of us to give what is required of us? And we think about these three priorities and we pray, we pray your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Amen. Amen. We'll say goodbye to you guys on the screen, and I'm going to hand back to James.